0: Details of Life. I'm your host Marcus Wilson and thank you once again ladies and gentlemen for coming and spending some time with me today. As always, I sincerely appreciate it. It has been so great to watch this kind of grow from nothing to something. You know, when I first started I had no idea who I was going to be able to get to come on the show and we've gotten to a point to like now, this is the third ACC head coach coming on the Details of Life. Today we have Clemson head coach Brad Burnell. You know, we have a little bit of linkage from... Me playing at Evansville and him being from Evansville, so we knew some mutual people. And, you know, we had a great conversation, talked about, you know, his journey. He's He's been kind of unique in the fact that his previous stops every year, the first year, even including Clemson, the first year they made it to the NCAA tournament, which is rare because normally when a head coach is coming in is because Quite possibly the previous coach failed or didn't meet expectations. And so they don't have a strong team. So for him to come in and make that instant impact, I think that'll be something that some of you coaches out there might want to listen to. We also talked about, you know, the shadow of coaching in a football school. We all know how good Clemson is. It's like, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama is like one, two, three every year. You know, how does that affect the basketball program? Also talked about Clemson grit which is something that I really found interesting, something that is kind of a mantra for his program and what that means. And then, of course, some of the expectations and players that he think may have an impact next year. So a lot of good things, great conversation. I'm excited to have him on. So without further ado, let's go ahead and chime in with Clemson head coach Bradley Neal. Like I just preface, ladies and gentlemen, today we have... Uh, an Evansville native from my neck of the woods, or I'm from his neck of the woods, actually. Clemson head coach, Coach Brad Brunel. How you doing, Coach?
1: Doing great, Marcus. Hope you're doing well.
0: Man, I am, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit us today. And So before we get into some of your coaching and some of the other things, I know Evansville people may know, but I just wanted to ask you a question. You know, a lot of people don't know how much talent Evansville Harrison, that's the high school you went to, has produced. So could you – you're one of – Many people that came out around your era that are either current pros or or play pro or, or coach college. So can you tell some of the people the some of the people you went to school with and and why you think you guys were producing so much talent during that era?
1: Yeah, well, don't let's get it let's get it straight first. I, I'm I was not that talented. I was a I was a pretty good high school player who happened to play with a, a great high school player in Calvert Cheney. It was funny. I was a senior when Calvert was a uh, a sophomore in high school, and he was just kind of on the uh, on the verge of like exploding as a player. He was long. He was six four. He was really skinny, but he had this great left-handed stroke. And uh, you know, I just marveled every time I'd come back watching him grow and develop. And and uh, obviously, Big Ten's all-time leading scorer. Um, it was just really fun to watch him develop. And then, you know, there were some other guys that were really good players that. that it really started kind of after that. Obviously, Walter McCarty, another NBA player and, and guy who had a terrific career. And um, Chris Lowry uh, was a really good player at our high school, uh, had a great career at Southern Illinois as a player and uh, won a bunch of games over there. Brent Kell was another good player that uh, had a good career at U of E. And so, yeah, uh, that Evansville Harrison produced some, some really good players. I was on the bottom end of that uh, compared to those guys. but. Uh, A lot of guys who really love basketball, and I think that was the common thread. Obviously, growing up in southern Indiana, my dad was a high school teacher and coach as well, not at my school, but, um, you know, the common theme growing up where we did is is basketball. And, uh, you know, it's obviously much different here down in the south where I am right now in South Carolina, uh, where football was pretty significant here with the Clemson Tigers. But uh, uh, where we grew up, everybody was, it was all basketball all the time. And uh, I was fortunate to grow up, really, in the time when Coach Knight was there at Indiana. And, and they were winning national championships. And, and so uh, there was certainly a lot of enthusiasm and energy for the sport. Yeah, definitely the Hoosier
0: State. We, we're known for basketball. And for those of you guys that don't know, Chris Lowry is the head uh, associate assistant at uh, Kansas State right now. You guys produced another pro, uh, Kevin Hardy, on the football yeah, field. Yeah, absolutely. a Great NFL player. So to have that many pros and people that have done well, I just wanted to let the people know that it's extraordinary for one high school to produce that many, especially around the same time frame. Yeah. Um, how did you get your break into coaching? And also, if you could kind of tell us a couple stops that you've been to leading up to where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, I was a small college player. Uh, I played at DePaul University, a little Division three school uh, in Greencastle, Indiana, great school, and uh, most famously known for Brad Stevens' alma mater, the, the coach of the Celtics. Brad Came there several years after I did, but uh, you know I was blessed uh, to be around really good coaches uh, growing up. Obviously, my father, uh, you know, taught me the fundamentals at a very young age, gave me some passion for the game, and uh, just being in the gym all the time really got my start. I uh, played for a great high school coach, Gerald Van Dievender, uh at Harrison, who coached Calbert and, and Chris and Brent and all those guys that we talked about earlier. Uh, he he did a good job of, of of really uh, uh, teaching me a little bit initially about discipline and and team and working hard and all those kinds of things. And then I was really blessed to go to DePaul where I uh, uh, played for Royce Waltman. I had an unbelievable experience there, learned so much about the game. And and, uh, every summer I would come home and uh, I would work U of E's camps. And so I got to to know Coach Cruz, uh, Marty Simmons, who obviously is with me now, a bunch of those guys, Kirk Sarf, guys that – that, that coached there at U of E for a long while. Uh, blessed to just be a part of that program uh, for a little bit. And then w- when I graduated in 91, Coach Cruz had a, uh, a spot as a grad assistant open for me. And uh, so I went down to U of E and, and worked for a year and, and got to learn from him and be around some great players, shared an office with Marty Simmons. We were my first year in coaching working with that guy every day. It was outstanding and uh, just really learned a lot. Uh, and then I learned hard about what coaching is really like uh, at the Division One level. Um, they got rid of that position at the Division One level in 1992. Uh, they said no more GAs. So I've, I've been a coach for a year, was all, was part of a great team that went to the NCAA tournament, and then really through no, no fault of my own, I was out of a job again and kind of uh, welcome to coaching. This is what it's like. And uh, But I was fortunate my college coach at the time had been the uh, – Had moved on to the University of Indianapolis Division II school uh, there on the south side. And so uh, I went up there with him as a a grad assistant, finished uh, two years working for him there. And and, uh, it was great to be on the other side of my college coach and see things from a different angle a little bit. Uh, Learned a ton about the game. Uh, And then, you know, you got to be lucky in this business. You, You just, you know, some of it is certainly uh, being prepared and working hard and all those things, but you, you also have to be fortunate. Um, I got married that spring, uh, to my high school sweetheart and didn't have a job. You, you kind of get done as a GA. And now, you know, just like it is today with my guys that work for me, Hey, we, we try like crazy to help find a job for you. And I remember interviewing for a couple of small college assistant jobs, couldn't get anything. And then went back to U of E and was working their summer camps again. And, and, uh, a guy by the name of Will Ray, who was a, a former assistant for Coach Cruz and was also the head coach at Loyola of Chicago at one time. Uh, a friend of his by the name of Jerry Wainwright uh, had just been named the head coach at UNC Wilmington. And so uh he recommended me to Coach Wainwright and I didn't know him at all. Uh, got on the phone, had a phone interview, and then uh went down on a in-person interview and and uh Fooled him a little bit, and he, he hired me. And so in 1994, picked up and moved to Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, really, a lot of great things happened for me once I, I moved to UNC Wilmington in 1994.
0: One of the things that always stands out to me when head coaches talk, I know sometimes the public may talk about head coaches' salaries and all this and that, but they don't understand the, the years of making almost nothing you know, and yeah, just yeah. doing it for free, doing it because you loved it and you knew this is what you wanted to do. And, yeah, now you've reached a level of success in the ACC, but you, you started uh, making yeah. basically nothing and, like you yeah. said, going without a job for a while and just trying to figure it out. And so And
1: Well, you find out if you're really passionate about it, if that, this is what you want to do, your back's against the wall, There's, you know, you're, you'll almost take any job just to stay in the profession. And, and again, you have to be opportunistic, got to be a little bit lucky uh, you know, The job that I took was the restricted earnings coach back when they, they had the restricted earnings coach. So I went to UNC Wilmington to make $16,000. It was my fourth year out of college. Uh, you know, I was a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, man, uh, during those days. But I didn't care. I just wanted to coach and, and I was blessed that my wife, uh, you know, was a teacher. So we really lived off her salary and, and uh, you know, survived there for a couple years. Uh, just trying to learn the game and get better and, and improve as a coach and and uh, you know but yeah you, you certainly are going to have those times in your your career when you're young especially uh, when you're you' you're, you're, you're going to be tested in terms of your enthusiasm enthusiasm and passion for the job definitely definitely man I, I respect that grind
0: so as you talked about um, you, you landed at UNC wilmington so as an assistant then you eventually got the head coaching job but I also wanted to ask you so, your first year as the head coach there, uh, you won the Colonial Athletic Conference, took, took them to the uh, NCAA tournament. Then a few years later, you end up getting a head coaching job at Wright State, won the Horizon League in your first year, took them to the tournament. Then your first year at Clemson, go to the tournament. And that usually doesn't happen. Normally, like when a coach comes in, they're usually trying to rebuild because obviously yeah. maybe the previous coach didn't have success. So what are some of the reasons that you think you've had success in the first year, and all the you know the stops that you've been at as a head coach.
1: Well, they were all unique. Um, the first one is you gotta have good players. Uh, don't let any coach tell you that you ain't winning without good players. Uh, and so I was fortunate uh, to really have a really good guard uh, at all three places where I took over. Um, the the Wilmington job, obviously, I'd been the assistant for eight years there. Kind of every two or three years, I just kind of got promoted to where I was the associate head coach for Coach Wainwright, uh, a guy who did a terrific job at, at UNC Wilmington, really built the program, and he ended up leaving to go to the University of Richmond. You know, so they promoted me, and so I, I obviously had helped recruit some of the players. I knew the league, familiarity with the job. Uh, we had a great team coming back, team that had been to the tournament the year before. We were picked to win the league uh, in my first year, and so that was a real challenge, was, was kind of coaching in his shadow for a year or two there, and proven that I was worthy uh, of this job, and so we had a great player by the name of Brett Blizzard, uh, and another good player, Craig Callahan, who we played through, and and so that that one wasn't as hard for me because I was so involved and had relationships with the players. Going to Wright State uh, four years later and taking over uh, was 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 much different. Now you're you're dealing with guys that you don't know. You know you have a couple guys that that, that transfer when you come in as a new coach. Uh, you're trying to earn the, the respect of the players that are there. I think one of the things that I've always done is when I take over a job, those are my players. Whether I recruited you or not, you're my player, and and I'm going to do whatever I can to help you be successful then and for the rest of your life if you're one of my guys, and you immediately become one of my guys. And, and so I, I really try to convey that message as quickly as possible. Uh, I don't talk about rebuilding or, you know, anything about what's happened in the past. I think you just move forward and uh, approaching it that way, really trying to connect with the seniors. I think I've always done a really good job of trying to connect with the new seniors because those guys, you know, this is their last chance. Uh, some of those guys, you know, it's, it's tough for them to lead their senior year, uh, you know, and sit out a year. Guys don't want to do that. And it's obviously really difficult for them, challenging. And so uh, Deshaun Wood uh, was a great guard at Wright State who uh, I was fortunate to take over. Paul Biancardi had recruited him, done an unbelievable job with him. And Deshaun uh, and I really connected. Uh, DeMontez Stitt was the guard here at Clemson my my first year. He was a senior. And he and I just connected very quickly. And I think he was he, he liked my passion and and energy and, and competitive nature. And so he was that kind of player. And so I think we really connected at the hip. And uh, because of that, we, we were able to, to, to kind of take a team that a lot of people didn't think were going to be as good and, and probably overachieve a little bit. We got a guy named Jerry Grant to have a really good year and uh, surprised a lot of people and went to the tournament our first year. So I think just being really honest with the guys, really connecting with the older players uh, and making those guys feel like, hey, man, uh, I'm with you. And, and, you know, we're all one of we instead of, you know, talking about rebuilds and. You know, I can't wait till I get my guys in here and all that kind of stuff. I, I just have never believed in that. I totally agree. And uh, we, we know guards
0: win. At least I think guards win a lot of times. And, but I, I really do uh, respect how you kind of lead the guys when you come in. Because we know every, everybody has their own philosophy. But I know coaches that come in and they're just like, let's get these guys out of here. They know they're going to, you know, then they're going to bring in, like you said, their guys. So to kind of embrace those guys that were already there and decided to stay. I, I love that you. That you do that. Now we're at Clemson, and for some of the Evansville people, you know, go back to Evansville question a little bit. You were able to add Marty Simmons, who was my uh, he coached me, um, and uh, when I was at University of Evansville, and he was a longtime head coach at University of Evansville. So how was how has that been being able to add a former head coach to your staff?
1: Yeah, well, it's been great. Um... You know, first off, I've known Marty since, you know, again, back in 1992 when I first got into coaching. And we obviously kept in touch all those years and uh, just have a ton of respect for him, both as a player and, and as a coach. I mean, he, he was a phenomenal player. Uh, he was I – mean, he, he could get it done. Now. He could really score the ball. And, uh, you know, so it was fun to watch him, you know, when he played at Evansville. And I was I was, you know, obviously back at – in uh, college and in high school, watching him play both at IU and in Evansville, I thought he did a really, really good job at U of E. Uh, Evansville's not the easiest job in the valley; it's it's uh, you know it's a tough job. And you know, he and Coach Cruz did unbelievable had unbelievable amounts of success there over the years. I think Marty might have been there twelve years as a head coach and uh, just had some really good teams, some outstanding players. He's very well respected in the college coaching profession for his knowledge of the game. Um, really knows how to teach the motion offense and, and the things that, that he learned from Coach Cruz you know, through the Coach Knight system. So we have a lot of similarities that way, uh, me having played for a Coach Knight assistant as well. He's great with fundamentals. Um, you know, Nobody emphasizes the shot fake anymore. And I know you, you lived that at U of E. Um, you know, and he's a guy that, that just really knows how to teach basketball. And so to have him with our program the last couple of years, has been a lot of fun for me, and it's really helped me having a guy who's been a head coach because he knows what you're dealing with. He knows the pressures that you feel. Um, he knows uh, some of the situations you've been in, difficult situations, You know, whether it's media, whether it's players, whether it's dealing with assistants, alumni, anything. He's he's already been through those things, so to be a sounding board for me, that's always been really good, and, and uh, he's given me some really good advice in that way. Uh, I think it's also been good for Marty. I think it's been great for him to to see basketball at the ACC level and to see some different styles and different coaches and philosophies and the way the game's probably a little bit different. Very athletic league, uh, up and down. Uh, you got everything from a Jim Bayheim 2-3 you know, matchup zone that, that has played 40 minutes every game all season to, to uh, deal with teams that press and pressure and obviously uh, Hall of Fame coaches like Coach K and Roy Williams Jim and, uh so to, for him to be able to see that uh, every day and to study film on those, I think it's been good for him as well. So it's been great. We really enjoyed having him, and uh, he's going to get another shot here somewhere again, and he's going to do an unbelievable job. He's just a terrific coach and a, and a great person. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm sure it does help,
0: like I said, having another head coach to sound things off of, and he wasn't my head coach. Co- coach Cruz was my head coach when I was right. there, but... Coach Simmons was, uh, you know, he he helped me out a lot as my assistant because he, again, like you said, I knew how good he was. So then that was just instant respect off of that. And then, you know, he was just a good, he was a great assistant coach. You know, he knew when to double down on what the coach said. And he also okay. knew when to pull you to the side and say, hey, I know you didn't like how coach told you that, but don't don't worry about how he said it. What did he say? And so he really helped me get through some, some good years and helped bring the best out of me there. Um, so now you're here at Clemson, obviously. And. I wanted to ask you, you know, some of your other stops, like you mentioned being at Evansville, UNC Wilmington, Wright State, those, those universities don't even have football programs. Right. Come to the Clemson, and you guys are kind of known for football there, right? And so <laughs> how does that affect you as – does that affect you as a staff or as a program, or, you know, does it, is it, does it actually bring some benefits of them being on that national spotlight, or is it hard being in that shadow of a football program? How yeah. is that at, for your program?
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, we not only have football; we're pretty good at it down here. Uh, Coach Sweeney and his staff—man, uh, we just we really get along with those guys well. They uh, a lot of people don't know, but but Dabo was a high school basketball player, and uh, he he still loves to play. In fact, he's got a house over here where he's got a little—not quite half court—but he's got most almost a half court in his house. Uh, he's got a little garage with the. Uh, uh, hardwood on it there great basket so uh, he's out there playing he's got boys that love the hoop and and uh, so he's a huge basketball guy tries to come to as many games as he can uh, he's been great to us uh, no I love being at Clemson I love the fact that uh, our people are as passionate as they are about you know really all the athletic teams certainly football is 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 the king here as it should be we've got unbelievable tradition success uh, you know but as much as anything, what's, what separates Clemson makes it special. are just great people, and we, uh, we all respect each other. We talk a lot about the Clemson family. Um, you know, we, we try to help each other a little bit in recruiting. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, football weekends here are a blast. We certainly try to use those weekends for, for recruiting visits for uh, you know, both underclassmen and seniors and bring people to our campus and give them a taste of what life is like a little bit here at Clemson. Um, and so we certainly enjoy those guys, uh, have great relationships with a lot of their assistant coaches. And uh, the kind of success that they've had, I've watched it. Uh, Coach Sweeney's done as good a job of, of building a program as anybody uh, in football. Um, he's taken them from a a nice program to one of the powerhouses in college football. And to watch him do it, his passion, uh, his power of positive thinking, and, and uh, his vision, and uh, the way he gets the most out of people, it, it's uh, you know, he's a tremendous leader and so it's been a lot of fun to kind of watch that uh evolve here over the last decade
0: yeah he's um he's one of my favorites he's easy to root for uh and you're right he's built that program up into it's basically clemson alabama ohio state you know those three are going to be the top three every year but you know i being at i've been at evansville then i coached a little bit at SLU, and those two universities obviously don't have football programs so the basketball team is the big thing on campus. And so I was just wondering how that affected you. But I bet you're right. You could use the football program for some for some great weekend visits, right? You know, and show them what campus life is like. So that's really cool. Um, your philosophy for as a team, wanted to ask you about about that. Well, you know, we I'm sure your goal is to win the conference or to win the national championship every year. But outside of winning the conference, do you set goals for your team on the court, off the court or you know just other basketball related goals what are some yeah. of them or do you have other goals for your team other than obviously winning the conference and win the national championship
1: well we, we talk a lot about uh if you follow our program you know we have uh the term clemson grit um and it's something that that i came up with about four years ago when we were building a new arena and just kind of trying to a little bit rebrand our program and started thinking about ways to market ourselves a little bit and talking with some assistants and some guys in marketing and they wanted to talk about things. They kept asking me, Coach, what's really important to you? And, you know, this is your program. What is it? What do you want to sell? What What are you trying to to impart on your players and, and people that, that want to be a part of Clemson basketball or learn what it's about? And so we talked a lot about uh, grit. Uh, and grit, to me, there, there's a lady psychologist, Angela Duckworth, who's got a great book, Grit. I would highly recommend it. Uh, and she defines it as passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's something that certainly applies to college kids. Um, you know, something like getting a college degree, a four-year commitment to working hard and persevering in the classroom uh, to earn a degree, I think, is, is certainly going to take some grit. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys want to play basketball for money, want to play in the NBA. Uh, that's going to take grit. You're going to have to. You're going to have to persevere. You're going to have setbacks. You might be injured. You know, you may not play as much as you want as a young player. You got to hang in there. You got to keep working. And so we we talk a lot about grit, daily improvement, having a growth mindset, uh, and understanding that uh, you know you you control your destiny, and that uh, you may you may struggle with some things now, but uh, we talk about the power of not yet, your ability to hang in there and persevere and fight if something. Uh, if you're passionate about something enough, you'll work to it, and uh, that's a little bit like what it what it's like if you want to get into the coaching profession. You're you're going to have to you're going to have to overcome some setbacks. You're going to have to persevere. You're going to have to fight. And so, you know, we obviously use it as a life lesson, uh, but it's really what our program's about. It's our mantra. It's 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 what we talk about with our players. We try to get them to apply it to things that we think uh, are important to them and things they find important in their lives. Uh, so that's what I would say about Clemson basketball.
0: Yeah, I've I've been recommended that book before, so you just brought it up again, so I I feel like I need to go ahead and read it. But I've heard a lot about grit. Uh, That's pretty cool. So looking forward to next year. um, You know, do you have any any grad transfers? Any guys that were sitting out? Any incoming freshmen or anybody that you think might have a breakout year? And what are some of your expectations? Yeah, we we had a
1: we had a great year in recruiting last year. Um, PJ Hall was the number one player in South Carolina. He's a six nine, six ten. You know. Center uh, who has the ability to play both inside and out, uh, just a, a high-level guy that, that we think has a bright future and and a uh, guy that we're excited about because he's a little bit hour hour fifteen minutes up the road and and a guy that you know for us to to get the top player we, we usually have to fight off a bunch of people from other states coming into radar radar state on some of the good players so to get PJ to come to, to Clemson was a big get for us. Uh, we got a young man by the name of Olivier Prosper, who's uh, Canadian. That uh, uh, we think is going to be outstanding. And one of my assistants did an unbelievable job of kind of identifying him at a young age and, and understanding that he could he could graduate a little bit early. And uh, you know we just thought he had this tremendous upside, tremendous talent. And uh, he just kept getting better and better. We signed him in the early signing period. He had a great senior year. Uh, six six seven six eight athlete. That uh, unbelievable young man. Great. Great student, uh, comes from a terrific athletic family. Uh, he, he has a huge future in basketball, and a guy that we think will, will really help impact our program uh, right away. And then we had a good guard sitting out, Nick Honor, who transferred from Fordham. Was a good player at Fordham uh, as a freshman and sat out last year and got to know our program a little bit better. And uh, we feel like he'll he'll fit with Alamir Dawes at the guard spot, uh, point guard spot. We got two really good point guards that. Uh, can both shoot and can defend the ball, and and so we're super excited. We need to stay healthy. We've had a couple of years in a row here where we've had some injuries and had some guys uh, tear ACLs, and and that's probably set us back a little bit. Played with some injuries, but uh, uh, I'm really pleased with where our program is, where it's going, and and uh, I think our recruiting has really improved the last couple of years. We really we renovated our facility uh, about three or four years ago, and and uh, I think that was really important because it showed a commitment from Clemson that basketball is important. We want to be good in basketball too, and uh, you know, two years ago we went to the Sweet 16, had an unbelievable run, and so we're just trying to build on the momentum of a new facility, a Sweet 16 run, and feel like this recruiting class is is uh, uh, a result of all that that hard work.
0: Definitely, I think you guys are in good position to have a really good year next year. Sounds like you got some some guys sitting out there will make a. Uh, Instant impact. So closing up, Coach, the last thing I always do, this is called the details of life. So I bring on people that have had some level of success, and, you know, you've had success at multiple different conferences, mid-major, ACC level, like you said, Sweet 16. So, you know, are there any habits or daily routines or anything that you do that you think contributes to your level of success?
1: I guess it's more of a mindset, um, growth mindset that I'm going to try to keep learning. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that I was named the head coach at UNC Wilmington at 33. Um, you know, that was 17 years ago now, maybe. Um, and I, it, when you're given a responsibility like that at a young age, I think you, you know, you got to be careful not to feel like you, you know, you're starting to make it. You know, you you got to wake up hungry every day, and you got to work really hard. Those are certainly important. That it goes back to my grit. Uh, Feeling, But I also think understanding that, you know, the moment you think you know it all and and aren't still learning, you're in trouble. Uh, I really try to keep learning, whether it's, you know, leadership, reading books about leadership, whether it's basketball. Uh, I mean, I'm still, during the coronavirus every day, I watch at least two hours of basketball. I'm either watching my team, I'm watching something from the NBA, I might be watching a clinic. I even get on YouTube and look at some of these YouTube clips of of uh, clinics and and speakers and different things, and so I I just think uh, the ability to keep learning and that 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 thirst for more knowledge I think is extremely important, and uh, you know uh, that's something that I wake up trying to do in different areas of my life is continue to learn. I think knowledge is power, as, as they say, and so that's that's really what I try to try to do every day is think of a way that I can get better personally, uh, and usually that's by learning from others. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It
0: reminds me of one of the things Coach Cruz used to tell me when I was at uh, Evansville. He said, whenever you feel like you've arrived, that's when you're going to start to fail. Like, you've never mm-hmm. arrived, you know, and so that, that's that's really cool that you, you know, you, you said it in a different way, but it's just constant learning, whether it's basketball yeah. or being a husband or whatever. We just got to keep getting better every day, so you know, thanks a lot for joining. I do want to say I didn't. I was looking at your staff when I was doing some research. I didn't realize how many people I knew from your staff. Obviously, I've, I've known of you from Evansville, and then obviously Coach Simmons. Sure. Nineteen ninety nine, I came out and I was at the Chicago pre-draft camp with Antonio Reynolds, Dean.
1: How about uh, that.
0: And then I was. And then I also coached at Five Star Basketball Camp with Howard Garfinkel with Terrell McIntyre. And I love that you brought back yeah. a, a former great player there. And so no love question. your staff. Love what you guys are doing there. And, Good luck to you this summer, the rest of the summer with recruiting and getting back on the court and training your guys and obviously next year, Coach.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Marcus. It's good to be on on with you, and uh, good luck to you in this uh, endeavor. Sounds like you're doing some great things, man. Happy to be a part of it. I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it. So thanks a lot. Have a great day, and like I said, good luck to you, Coach. Thank you. Thank you, Coach Brunell, for coming on and spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I like what you're doing over there in Clemson. Good luck to you next season. And I'm sure all of Evansville is going to be rooting for you, except if you play the Aces. But even then, I know they love you in your hometown. So good luck to you and I, and, and thanks again. Next episode was supposed to be Damon Steunemeyer, head coach at Pacific, out in the West Coast, former NBA player, great player, great college player at Arizona. But with what's going on in the world today, I recently had a chance to catch up with Coach Conzo Martin of Mizzou. And he told me, he said, Marcus, I'll come on, but I really don't want to talk about basketball. Anybody can talk basketball. I do basketball clinics all the time. If I'm going to come on, let's talk about real life. Let's talk about some real life issues, which I respect tremendously, because normally if I want to talk about anything outside of basketball, I get the opposite answer. It's like, hey, let's stay away from that. Let's stick to basketball. So the fact that he wanted to come be transparent and talk about some of the things going on in the world today, some of the social justice issues and racial equity issues. It was a great conversation. I know you guys are going to love it. It's something different for the details of life. And he was just such a honest and upfront man. Any of you guys that have ever seen him speak, you know what I mean when I say he just dominates the room. His character and integrity, you know he means what he says. And he's a great mentor for a lot of these young student athletes that have a that have the chance to play for him at Mizzou. So make sure you tune in for that because what he did was exactly what the name of the show is. He came in and talked about the details of life. And you know what? Greatness is in the details, guys. That's right. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Please come back for the next episode. We're not going to slow down. We're just going to keep getting better. Have a great week. See you later. Peace.